0: Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point again, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, the president and CEO of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you again today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in beautiful Sunesta Gwinnett Place, Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan on featuring businesses and people in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve here in Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. My guest today, I'm very happy to have Miss Tracy Kaysen, mrs Greg Kaysen, a Gwinnett County Superior Court judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have known Tracy for quite a while. May I call you Tracy? Of course, okay. please. Um, in fact, we kind of got hooked up with Leadership Gwinnett, kind of engaged a little bit. That's right. Uh, I wonder, have you still got my ring? I do. I do. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. plastic I know. It ring. Glows, in the, glows in the dark yes. type thing. Um Yeah, that was a great experience. Uh, And, and, you know, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I know you, too, as far as that type of uh, leadership. Oh, yeah. Is uh, going through leadership, cadet Class of 2014, and yours was? 2015. 2015. That's right. That's right. And, you know, one of the first things I always ask people, or I like to ask people, is, who is Tracy Kaysen? Who are you? Where did you come from? Where were you born? What got you into, what in the world got you into doing Judging?
1: Okay, well, I am a lifelong Georgian, uh, love being a lifelong Georgian, but I uh, was born in Marietta, grew up in Dublin, Georgia, which was where uh, my father grew up and uh, started my prosecutorial career in the Dublin DA's office. But Gwinnett was always known to have the best DA's office in the world yep. uh, Danny Porter uh, had a great reputation and as a young prosecutor uh, I did not want to be uh, in Dublin Georgia as much as I loved it I was a, a young single prosecutor and uh, wanted
0: of the forgotten DA's that's prosecutors. right
1: that's right so I wanted uh, to move to a bigger place and a better place and uh, Gwinnett called my name and was lucky to get a job with Danny and worked there for 18 years and loved it. Um, I had always wanted to be a prosecutor since I was 12 years old. Had great teachers that kind of put that in my uh, soul it's an excellent to Excellent choice.
0: Tell you from yeah. a cop's perspective, that's an excellent choice.
1: Yes. Well, I loved it um, and I miss it, but uh, after doing it uh, 18 years here in Gwinnett and three in Dublin, um, it was time to kind of change the direction of my community
0: service. You must have been. You must have started that at about 12 I years was, old because <laughs> you're you're not old enough to have been in there that long I know. gosh I know. what from there you, you went into uh, being a judge
1: I did I did so look I was lucky to have the opportunity to run for an open seat Judge uh, Deborah Turner retired and what was interesting is she was the first judge that I was assigned to when I came to Gwinnett and uh so i was fortunate to have the opportunity to run for her seat mentorship yeah she was fantastic um and so that was a an interesting experience my first time ever in politics and um, i can't say that i enjoyed the political experience of it i enjoyed meeting everybody throughout the experience and um, getting out and uh, talking to people about the judicial system and what's going on and uh, was fortunate to to win enough votes to to win the race and have been loving it ever since
0: well you know and that kind of brings me to my question you know what does one be you know actually how does one become a superior court judge because i know you know it's i believe it's a, a non uh non-partisan non-partisan race. yeah thank exactly. you exactly uh so you know do you how do you run do you have run off you? I mean, tell us about how, right. you, how you become one.
1: So there are a couple of different ways you can become a Superior Court judge. One is, depending on the circumstance, the governor can appoint uh, a Superior Court judge. So if there's an opening that's not going to be filled by an election, a judge retires before their term ends. Unfortunately, a judge uh, passes away or uh, some other way gets removed from office. Then, like
0: Sean did. Sean but, Bratton.
1: Yes, he got appointed so um, he was appointed to an open to a seat that someone uh, had vacated but it was before their term was over. Um, judge Angela Duncan got appointed but it was a brand new position so um, she'll have to run for re-election in two years. The other way of course is by running for an open seat or running against a sitting um, judge. Yeah. Um, I ran for an open seat and it is nonpartisan. So you're not Republican or Democrat, you're on every ballot. And judicial races are on the primary ballot. That's their general election. Our races are not on the November ballot. And so um, you have to make sure people understand that and say you have to vote in the primary to vote for your judges because you won't see us on the November ballot. Um, And like, like I said, you're on every ballot, you're on Democrat, Republican, and independent. And if you don't get 50.1 percent of the vote then there will be a runoff I was lucky I had three in my race we were expecting a runoff and we're very fortunate not to have a runoff which um, was pretty unheard of with a three-person race exactly Um, so I was very excited we got over 60 percent of the vote um, and so we didn't have to have a runoff there was another open seat during my election there were five individuals running for that and of course they ended up with a runoff um in the most current judicial election we do have a judicial runoff and that is um between judge kathy schrader and judge deborah Fleeker. and early voting is happening now for that runoff as well as of course the primary runoffs uh that we've had in the primary in the Republican and Democratic primaries. It happens on
0: the 11th, I believe.
1: That's right. So early voting is happening now, and the runoff election day is August 11th. So for anyone that hasn't voted yet, you can still vote. I voted early. It took me 10 minutes at the main elections office. And I think they're starting to open the other satellite offices as well. And in, out, got my vote in, don't have to wait for election day.
0: Well, one of the things I, I try to drum into people's head is, it, number one, it's important to vote. It is. But it's even more important that you get informed before you vote. You know, learn about the candidates. Don't vote because, well, my brother's voting for this person, or my girlfriend's and her boyfriend's voting for this person, or my mama says do this. You know, get out there and read a little bit about each person, especially being a judge. Exactly. Look at their background. You know, if they're, if they're running for being a judge, they've been an attorney for a while. So check out their background, That's what right. have they done, what kind of cases, you know, find out, learn more about them. That's right. Uh, same way with any position in, in politics. Find out about the person's background, what have they done, So and then vote what your right. conscience says, vote.
1: That's right. And judges, you know, affect people's everyday lives. We handle um, domestic cases, we handle divorces, custody um, we certainly handle, um, Superior Court judges handle felony criminal cases. So we're um, handling criminal trials. We're handling motions. We're handling uh, pleas and sentencing. These are things that are affecting everyday you know, lives.
0: Well, I know that um, when you're handling these, uh, before I ask the question I want to ask, I'm going to move to something else. Okay. When did you become Superior Court Judge? I think you said a while ago when it was.
1: So I was elected in May of 2018, but my term did not start until January of 2019. And it's a four-year term, so I'll run for re-election in May of 2022.
0: 2022. So everybody keep that in mind. That's right. We've got got another election coming up in 2022. (laughs) I'll be glad when the election's over.
1: they're never over, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem like. You know, that's
0: funny. You're the second person today that said they're never over, that's right. and they aren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll start just as soon as the election gavel goes down. And that's right. Somebody rings the bell, that races on. Um, yeah, COVID has affected a lot of things in a lot of places, a lot of activities. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that has definitely affected is the court and the judicial mm-hmm. system now i know that a lot of people are really into this virtual uh, hearing and all that kind of stuff that they do i believe that right now we're kind of getting back away from it but then i think now we may be going back to it Mm -hmm. because of the uptick what is your position i I know it at your position but what is your position on virtual versus Mm face-to-face personal
1: Um, when i ran a lot of people asked me that and i I don't like video court. Um, I think justice, whether it's criminal justice or civil justice, ought to be personal. I still believe that. Unfortunately, current uh, times have forced us. um, And I'm not, the. I'm not, um, a lot of judges love the virtual medium and have been doing video court for years. And that's great. And everyone has their own personal opinion Mm -hmm. of how they want to do things. Of course, current times have led all of us, whether we uh, like, like video court or not, to adapt. And it's been a good thing to allow us to get things done during these times that we otherwise would not have been able to get done. Uh, for instance, at the very beginning, uh, when our judicial emergency was declared, which was uh, around the exact same time, of course, the governor Kemp declared the state of emergency. Mm-hmm. Our chief justice declared a judicial emergency, which has legal connotations for our court system. Um, our Gwinnett Superior Court bench kind of took a, a step back for a few days, figured out how can we address the most essential things because you can't just stop the courts. You can't stop justice from happening we had individuals that were being arrested on charges that needed to have bond hearings they got to happen
0: in 72 hours
1: right and so i will say that our chief magistrate judge christina bloom um, their court handles uh, most everything out at the jail they never stopped um, and they've been fantastic and then uh, all of those felony arrests would come to superior court so even early on we were making sure we were addressing issues of folks that were being held Um, And we did all of that by video. Um, Our defendants didn't have to be transported from the jail, Sheriff's Department didn't have to uh, enlist that help. Um, our prosecutors appeared via video from their office the defense attorneys appeared via video so everybody was maintaining uh, a lot of distance a lot of distance but we were still able to address those very important constitutional and due process concerns of those folks that we had incarcerated and we did that uh, within two weeks of the judicial emergency we've never stopped addressing those Um, as Uh, things moved on and the judicial emergency each order kind of lightened the restrictions up and let me just say it prevented us at the very beginning from compelling people to come to court with the exception of essential matters which were uh, matters that affected people's liberty so folks that that were being held in jail Um, matters of emergencies as far as safety of children oftentimes we get emergency motions in domestic cases alleging uh, a abuse physical of abuse kind. of, um, of a child so those we could compel people to come into court but anyone else that wanted to come into court to have their cases addressed we were still able to do that um, most of the judges did that by uh, phone conferences and still by video i don't know that anyone did any in person for the first um, probably couple of months that weren't essential Uh, but we could still handle cases and resolve cases of the parties that wanted to have their cases resolved it just prevented us from compelling people to come into court but as the judicial emergency went on um, and of course we thankfully got our numbers down for a little bit um, the chief justice recognized that the courts can't stop we still have to address all of these cases people need to get divorced they need their civil matters heard um, they need their other criminal matters heard custody even if issues
0: not. have to be done
1: exactly and so um, all of my counterparts have I think done a combination of um, video hearings and in-person I prefer the in-person so if I have a case where everyone wants an in-person then I'm gonna give that to them they're gonna be the only case in my courtroom everyone's going to wear a mask we have hand sanitizers hand sanitizers we have Lysol wipes Um, we have masks available for those that don't have plenty of distance
0: in an empty courtroom with one case
1: exactly exactly and um, we're getting stuff done Um, if we have somebody in the case however that for whatever reason feels uncomfortable coming in then we'll do it by video Um, and we can do a hybrid as well if somebody wants to appear in person but they have a witness that doesn't then we'll do that witness by video. So it's able we're able to get things done. Um there's everybody
0: what they want but you still they can't say well I don't want to come in, we're not gonna do it. Right. Yeah, that's and, good.
1: And you know, to the extent that we try to accommodate everyone, if you know if somebody says, I really, really want it in person but I don't feel comfortable, can we continue it? Then we'll continue it. Yeah. But if it's something that absolutely has to be heard, then we can force it to be done by video even over their objection just so we can sometimes get that sometimes got to moving. be done that's right that's yeah. right
0: I, you know and that's good to hear because i know from being in law enforcement and having that face to it, face it's so much different to be able to look a judge in the eye and talk to them in your testimony or to be look a defendant in your in their eye make them look at you if they're going to start lying right. and stuff i mean I know from being from doing that for so long that when a judge is looking at that defendant and they're lying and looking at the officer, the body language is unbelievable. Right. It, it's it becomes for most people, not everybody, right. but for most people, it becomes very visual and obvious that they're struggling and that they're looking for a way to lie about it.
1: Or on the contrary, that they're sincere about exactly. what they're saying. And you can tell from their body language that, you know, this is not somebody that's just they're saying what you want to hear. Right. Yep,
0: Exactly. And I think that's important. And like you say, from from the person that's being charged, it's important, too, to be able to tell your story and, be, and have it, you know, face-to-face where people can tell that I'm being serious. I didn't do this. Right. And, right. you know, that's important. Exactly. Because sometimes that stuff gets there, as we know. Uh, You've got the bad apples, the good apples, and the ones that are somewhere in between.
1: Now, unfortunately, the one thing we still are not able to do under the Chief Justice's order is conduct jury trials, um, which is very unfortunate uh, for those individuals that are being held without bond.
0: How do you do that? How how does that go? Do you put it off? Do you?
1: Yeah, you have to put it off. We in Gwinnett, our bar, our bench rather, was very proactive um, at the beginning of this and realized we're going to need a re-entry plan for jury trials and it's not going to be business as usual. So we created a subcommittee of our Superior Court judges to tackle this problem and say, once we get the go-ahead, how are we going to restart jury trials and keep everybody safe and make sure that our potential jurors feel as comfortable as they can when they get that jury summons because let's face it even in you know normal times a lot of people don't want to come to jury duty yeah,
0: which relate um, to that <laughs> let me just put
1: my plug in if if you are ever charged with a crime you want people like you coming in for jury Absolutely. service um, it is one of the most important and critical functions we have it's what sets our country apart from just about every other country in the world So please don't avoid jury service but um, having said that we know that people do and they're going to be even more uh, apprehensive about coming in but we've looked into all that we've looked at a plan we've looked at a way to minimize the number of jurors that we call um, we've looked at staggering panels to come in we've looked at um, only having them come in one time for their questioning not have to come back for selection um, we've talked about all that we've Um, contracted with a supplier to build uh, some barriers in the jury box to see how that's going to work we don't know if it it is yet or not we haven't gotten our prototype but Gwinnett has been very proactive Um, the state has a statewide committee of the Judicial Council to discuss some of those same issues we haven't gotten our um, information from them yet uh, so we're, we're a little bit frustrated in Gwinnett, but we have a plan for that as soon as the Chief Justice gives us the go-ahead, uh, because it's very unfortunate that we have individuals that are just sitting there waiting for their due process.
0: Well, that's one of the many reasons why I love living in this county, is this county, regardless of whether it's judicial or what, has a tendency to be first proactive. Right. Uh, they look at it ahead of time. They, they analyze it. They look at what, what are we going to have to do in the future? What's going to be coming at us? And then they try to put a plan in place. Right. So many of the surrounding areas, and uh, won't mention any names that begin with F and D, but um, they have a tendency to be reactive. Mm-hmm. And reactive in the judicial end is not always the best way to do.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: well, really, in any end of it. Yeah. But um, go ahead.
1: Our just our bench has just been very uh, good about wanting to make sure that we're all addressing everything that we can and need to address and not letting the citizens of Quinnet County down you know and there are going to be some lag times there are going to be some things that get lengthened as far as time limits and things like that but to the extent that we can address those concerns because there are citizens that need our help and whatever want to be realm. done with it too exactly i mean everyone needs closure in their legal Problems, whatever those legal problems are. Um, and that's one of the great things about being a judge is that we can help individuals get that closure. You know, they may not always like what that closure is, but sometimes there's <laughs> yep. just validity and value in the fact that it's closed. The fact that, that it's, it's done. done.
0: Right. Kind of like the election. Right. Be glad when it's over. Right. Like right. you say, it's never over. It's never over. Um, you know, you've mentioned something there and you've touched on it a little bit, but. A lot of people don't realize what the difference between the state court, the superior court, and the type of cases that are handled. Um, Can you explain the difference in what its superior court handles? And you might as well go ahead and just say what the state court handles, where it splits up.
1: Absolutely. So um, we have several different levels of, of courts in Georgia. The superior court is the highest trial court in the state of Georgia. And what that means is we have exclusive jurisdiction over all felony criminal cases. Now we can also handle misdemeanors as well, but we have exclusive jurisdiction over felony criminal cases. And a felony is any offense that's punishable by a year in prison or more. and then we have exclusive jurisdiction over family law cases so divorce and custody um, legitimation cases those can only be handled in superior courts we also have exclusive jurisdiction over all uh, property cases so if you have um, a contest about the title to a property that's going to come to, to superior court and then finally if it's a case for an injunctive relief you file for a temporary uh, injunction against somebody or a company those are going to come to Superior Court. Now we also handle any contract cases. We handle, you know, car wreck cases and all of that, but those uh, four categories are what we have exclusive jurisdiction over. State court is also a trial court in Georgia, and they handle um, misdemeanor criminal cases. They cannot handle felony, but they can handle misdemeanors, and we have a solicitor's office um, here in Gwinnett County, and they're the prosecutors for misdemeanor. Uh, cases and they practice in state court. State court um, also can handle contract cases. They can handle uh, car wreck cases and personal injury cases. And generally personal injury and big medical malpractice, those cases are generally going to be filed in state court because they're going to get heard quicker because they don't have to sit behind felony criminal cases. Obviously, somebody that's in jail being held without bond those cases are first priority so a civil case is always going to take a second seat to those criminal cases but in misdemeanor in state court that handle misdemeanors you don't have that you don't have a lot of individuals being held in jail on misdemeanors so those bigger civil cases are going to be heard so state court hears a lot more um, big medical malpractice cases uh, big car wreck truck uh, wreck cases those kind of cases are going to go to state court um, and they're chosen the exact same way, that Superior Court. They're either appointed by the governor, depending on the situation, or they run. And they also serve a four-year term.
0: Well, I know a lot of people, they, you know, a couple of things, they, you know, there's theft. I they wonder, well, why is some people going to state court? Some people going to Superior Court. And a lot of people don't understand that it's all in the value. Once you reach a certain point in that That's value, right. it crosses in. And so that, you know, for people that don't know, it all depends on... If you hear they're going to state court, it's for under and... That's right. What is it now? If Do you remember? It's uh, 1500 1500 Back when I was policing, it was a lot less. Oh, yes. Um, so I, I lose track of that. Yes. But the other thing is when you hear somebody talking about a grand jury, uh, that's on the felony side. That is. Uh, when mm-hmm. they start talking about somebody going to a grand jury or having something permitted, uh, presented to a grand jury... Mm-hmm. You know, people just need to understand that that's on the felony end of it. It's it's They're not dealing with state court. They're dealing with Superior Court.
1: That's right. And grand jury is another level of protection between the government and the people. It is um, a, a group of randomly selected citizens. They hear um, the evidence and determine if there's even enough probable cause to send that case further in the system, whether it's going to get to Superior Court or not. Whether it gets
0: a no bill or a true bill. That's
1: right that's
0: right been there done that because i used to testify before grand juries and a lot of people don't realize that you know there's not many people that get to be tried before grand jury or heard before a grand jury that actually have the right to hear that grand jury and that and i think law enforcement is still one of them
1: right right um grand jury is generally a secret proceeding uh the the individual that's being charged does not have access to that um that's been it's been that way for the beginning from the beginning. Um, but there are exceptions to certain classes of individuals that are charged um, that do get to sit in on that grand jury testimony. And that's all statutory.
0: Yep. It's all by the by the book. That's right. Um, we've already talked about what the courts are doing to handle all these grand in it. Yeah, how many superior court judges are there in Gwinnett County?
1: We uh, now have 11. We just got our 11th uh, last year, so we we're very grateful for that. That's that new position uh, that Judge Duncan was appointed to. Um, so that gives us a little bit more relief to get cases uh, through the system more quickly. I think our numbers, you know, all of it is based on numbers because of how many people you have uh, in your county and things like that. And of course, it all has to have the money. To fund those positions but from what i understand our numbers actually qualifies for probably 13 or 14 superior court judges but right now we don't have the space Um, we're getting the space we have a new courthouse expansion uh, which i'll touch on in a minute but um, again you also have to have the finances and of course with uh, the financial downturn that's been caused by the pandemic Uh, we won't see any new judges uh, for Gwinnett especially since we just got one additionally the county has to have money uh, to also contribute uh, to that judicial position and again with uh, the economy um, and we just got one so obviously there are other circuits that need judges as well Um, but In the future, we will have the space because uh, the county is building a courthouse expansion uh, behind the current uh, courthouse. How's that going? It is actually going well. That's the one thing I think that has actually benefited from the pandemic, from what I understand, because uh, unfortunately, a lot of the workers were not able to go home uh, as often as they otherwise would have. So work has, has actually continued and gone at a faster pace, which again, knock on wood, because it's a government building Uh, (laughs) but from what they tell us they're on track um, and i can see the construction outside my window so it's been very interesting to see it just from even clearing the area and now all the sides are on the building and soon i'm not going to be able to see the progress because it's all going to be inside but we'll have eight uh, brand new superior court uh, courtrooms
0: that's fantastic It,
1: it will be great because right now um not all of our courtrooms have holding cells so we have to schedule criminal when we have a holding cell and everyone doesn't have access to a holding cell every day makes it drag so we have to rotate we have what are called sharing pods with three judges and we rotate three courtrooms um and so you just have to kind of juggle what kind of cases you're going to hear in the new Courthouse. Every judge's courtroom will have the capability of a holding cell. And then there will be three Superior Court judges that are still in the old building in their courtrooms. Uh, They won't have to switch courtrooms. They'll have one courtroom assigned to them. It'll have a holding cell. So if somebody wants to have their case heard criminally, you know, they've decided they want to enter a plea, then we can do that any single day because we know we're going to have the capability to bring that individual over from the jail get their case done and get them out of jail
0: do any of the judges or will any of the judges be set up to where they only basically hear one specific type of case Um, for instance when you have all the courtrooms and you can split it up a little better where you don't have to do all the rotation and stuff where you know these types of cases are heard primarily by judge Kason.
1: No. Right now, we just have um, a vertical system, and every judge gets every type of case. There are some circuits that have, like, family court, so and they rotate their judges. So for two years, you know, one judge is only going to hear all domestic cases. And for two years, you know, one judge is going to hear all civil cases. And for two years, one judge is going to hear all criminal cases. We're not set up that way in Gwinnett. Um, We hear, every judge hears all kinds of
0: cases. With COVID and everything going on, I know that you can't talk a lot about this or specifically because you may have to rule on something. We'll ask it a different way. How has uh, the riots, the disruptions, and and I don't even like to say how's the peaceful protests because the peaceful protests don't affect it. Uh, Those people have that right, and God bless them. But the other part of it, when you have the disruption and you have the criminal activity, how has that affected our system?
1: I haven't seen a huge effect i mean we i don't know that we've had a huge influx of any criminal cases in our Um, county right um now some of that is there's going to be a lag time because we don't have a grand jury sitting right now Um, now the da's office can file criminal cases without a grand jury there's a specific (laughs) the specific type of cases that can be filed um and I don't know that it's just because we're still kind of lagging on on the non-custody serious cases that we're handling. We haven't seen a lot of that. Um, the only effect that I know that our bench has had is when there were some uh, protests planned for around the Lawrenceville area. Um, the sheriff's department. Uh, Gave us the heads up and and preferred to have the judges out of the building so that there just wouldn't be any security concerns and they could focus on, on the, keeping the safety of everyone else that was involved in the protest. Exactly.
0: Um, well, that's a good thing for Gwinnett. I mean, I uh, we've been we've been very lucky during this, uh, and I think a lot of that happens by the, a lot of it's based on the diversity of our county. Oh yeah. I mean. Uh, Everybody lives here. That's right. So, you know, it's not it's such a split like uh-huh. it is in so many places.
1: Right. Well, and I think too, um, our county, from what I've seen, has done a very good job of being transparent about
0: communication,
1: law enforcement, um, and government actions here in Gwinnett County. Uh, certainly, we've had our own issues yeah. with um, some of the underlying. Issues that are leading to um, the stuff that came up with the
0: SO office, the sheriff's office, and just different things.
1: But the way that it seems like our community has handled that, um, law enforcement has been responsive to the folks that have uh, wanted to be heard on that. They've taken appropriate action. Uh, The DA's office has taken appropriate action. Now, is everyone perfect? Certainly not. Um, Our system isn't perfect, our country isn't perfect, our county isn't perfect. Uh, but I think only everyone's, one perfection. That's right. <laughs> Everybody is taking the appropriate steps. Can we take more steps? Probably. Um, and we will. Right.
0: Um, it's. I used to tell the officers that worked for me, if you haven't learned something today, you hadn't been paying attention. And one thing about law enforcement is they're constantly learning. I mean, we've had law enforcement since you know the beginning. Uh, somebody at least enforcing some type of rules. And it's going to continue, but it grows. We've got excellent uh, sheriff with Butch. Um, we'll have, I'm sure, an excellent sheriff when the next one comes in in this election. Uh, we've got a, Brett's a great going to be a great chief. Um, we've got good leadership in our county police departments and sheriff's departments. And that is a step above a step up from a lot of places that just don't have that leadership. And so we don't, they have a tendency to be proactive on stuff. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be brought to their attention by the outside sources. It's usually brought to the outside sources' attention because they've re, they have taken action. Right. And that's a good change.
1: And they've allowed everyone to be heard, and everyone deserves to be heard. Um, that's the main, I think, thing we need to take away from things that have happened, is that everyone deserves to be heard. And if we can have dialogue and conversation about what everybody's feeling and what each other is feeling and we actually listen to each other and we come together to say, you may have valid points, I may have valid points. Hey, my point that I thought was valid may not be valid after I've heard your point and what you're saying, but everyone's got to be willing to listen.
0: The biggest thing I think it is is we have lost the ability to agree to disagree right. and everybody's point is the only point and everybody's view is the only view and if you don't like it then by damn you're going to suffer right. and that it just doesn't work no. people no two people are going to have exactly the same opinion about exactly the same stuff every time no.
1: everybody's got to have an open mind absolutely and, and like you said and if after the, having that discussion
0: if you, you still, still disagree, disagree, then
1: you just disagree. Okay, we That's disagree. Fine. Right.
0: It's That's okay. Right.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, Judge Kaysen, Tracy, I really appreciate you being here. It's been
1: my pleasure.
0: I have loved talking to you, I always do. Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk to you and just ask you some questions, I know it's hard to get a hold of right. a judge, right. but let's just say they get a hold of the court system about it and get questions answered, what would they do, whoever they go?
1: Well, we've got um, the Gwinnett County website and the Gwinnett County Courts website will have a lot of information about what's going on in our court system, you know, what we're doing to make people safe right now during the pandemic, how we're handling cases, what the clerk's office is doing. Um, I can answer general questions. but what people are prone to do is they want to say well I have this case or I have this issue and unfortunately I can't answer that
0: I can't be your attorney that's
1: right that's right (laughs) and I can't I can't recommend an attorney I can send you to the bar and they can recommend
0: exactly and a lot of people don't realize that that's just the way and that's for a reason that's right because that way you don't funnel stuff as a judge that's right. and then start owing people stuff. Exactly. Um, that's It's very important. Exactly.
1: We've got to be neutral. We're and always neutral.
0: you got to be, or if you're not, then the blindfold comes off. That's right. Well, thank you again for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. And remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can go to our show anytime you want. And... Uh, By going to businessradiox.com, clicking the Gwinnett Studio, then click Case in Point. Please click on the button there that acknowledges that you've been there. And my mind just went blank on what that button's called. But anyway, uh, subscribe. Thank you, Amanda. That subscribe button. Uh, Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. And thanks again to my guest, Judge Tracy Kason, Superior Court Judge in Gwinnett County. And for our producers, Mike and Amanda and JJ, I am Rick Strong And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.